Welcome to the First Apostolic Church Podcast. Our church mission is to love as God loves, showing compassion to every soul, thus winning those souls and equipping them to be sent out to plant and to harvest. Thank you for joining us today, and we hope that you are blessed by today's podcast. We'll get back to it, but I felt the leading of the Holy Ghost. Amen. Uh, this, I tried to go on with John, and John wouldn't. John wouldn't, or God wouldn't allow John to happen. So today, when I went to my office, something that I've been kind of sitting on for about a week in my soul and my spirit, uh, I felt like the timing was right. Uh, since that was what was going on, sometimes God shuts a door because He's trying to open another door. And so I wanted to follow the leading of the Holy Ghost. The Bible says this in Luke chapter 11 and verse 21. And I am, uh, this is probably in my estimation more preaching mode. Most people might not be able to tell the difference between my teaching or my preaching. That's okay. Luke 11 verse 21. Jesus is speaking. This is couched right into a chapter that is spoke about prayer and uh, there's been the disbanding of a demon-possessed individual. People's been giving people some head, Jesus some headache about him casting out devils by the Beelzebub and so all kinds of stuff going on and this man is free of devils and then uh, his house is garnished and clean and the Bible says that, that spirit goes find seven others and brings it back and takes up residence again in the man and these two verses are couched amongst all of that in verse number 21 Jesus speaks and says when a strong man armed keepeth his palace his goods are in peace but when a stronger than he shall come upon him and overcome him. He taketh from him all his armor wherein he trusted and divideth his spoil. Amen. With the help of the Lord tonight, I want to minister, amen, this sleeping giants. Sleeping giants. Let's go to the Lord in prayer tonight. Father, I come to you this evening. God, I'm grateful, Lord Jesus, for your word that is forever settled in heaven. God, the grass may wither and the flower may fade, but your word, Lord, will stand forever. Not one jot or tittle, Lord, of that word will pass. God, until everything has come about, Lord Jesus, if you had designed, I pray, O oh Lord, for the anointing of your spirit, God, upon your messenger tonight. Help me, O oh God, these lips of clay, God, that are fallible and prone to mistake. I pray, O oh Lord, let a fresh touch of an anointing, God, come upon them, Lord Jesus, here is in this building and beyond this building. I pray in the Holy Ghost, in the name of Jesus Christ, I pray, amen and amen. And the people say amen. Amen. You may be seated tonight in Jesus' name. My eyes open to the bleak darkness of the early morning. No peace or tranquility is found here. I'm not waking up. I'm awake. There's a keenness to my alertness. Senses are heightened. The hair on my body is standing up already as my eyes open. I stay still as I take in my surroundings. Something is stirring in the spirit world. It feels evil. It is gruesomely wicked. And it is lurking in my bedroom on this early Monday morning. I sit up in bed and I begin to pray. I don't pray words I know. I pray in the spirit. There are no introductory words for this prayer. I've been and went from sleeping to warring. I feel the cocoon of God's spirit envelop me while I'm not ignorant to the environment I awoke to. The clock reads on my phone at 3.32 a.m. In that mode, I begin and think to myself, I'm going to text dad, wondering if he's awake experiencing something similar. He is. He and mom has been awake for about an hour. Dad says something is going on. I say, when I woke up, I felt evil. And the only thing I felt God say in the moment was that the sleeping giant has woken up. My mind thought about all those spirits that we used to fight in Kingsburg. 
I thought about the prayer cloths that we buried on each side of the curve where the witch lived, which I just shared with my daughter Mariah as we had done some driving at night trying to get some hours in, shouldered the spot, pointed it out. I thought about the prayer cloths that we buried on each side of the devil worshipers further down on Route 1. I thought about all these things. I thought about all the spiritual things that have we have been approached with and by in the people of this city of Mount Carmel. Then I thought how recently three families in our church had been unbeknownst to each other experiencing some strange activity that's been taking place in their homes. My mind remembered how in the past few weeks we had been contacted, my wife and I, by three different pastors and pastor wives and they had reached out to us because God had had brought us to their minds for prayer. One pastor's wife had reached out to my wife and said this. These are her words and not mine. She texted and said, I want to share a little something with you. Last night in my sleep, I heard a voice say to pray for Mount Carmel, Illinois. And then I saw you and your husband's faces. Even in my sleep, I prayed for you. It was very pressing need for prayer. I'm not sure if anything in particular is attacking you all, and I don't need to know, but do know that God sees all things, and he has intercessors praying. She texts that on July the 30th. The, the, the moment that I was woken from my bed on a Monday was August the 30th. What she texts didn't make sense then. But it did in the moment after what I felt, I felt on August the 30th. Perhaps the greatest revelation of that experience on that Monday morning early came a day later on August the 31st. I was studying a concept that God had dealt with me on in my Bible reading on August the 17th. God was dealing with me on August the 17th with these very scriptures that I read in your hearing tonight found in Luke chapter number 11. While studying, my mind drifted to everything that had happened the previous day earlier. I remember in my mind how the little sleeping giant phrase was a historical quote. They say that Napoleon Bonaparte once pointed to a map of China and said, there lies a sleeping giant. If it ever wakes up, it will be unstoppable. When I woke up, the first thing I felt God say in the moment was that the sleeping giant has woken up. I thought that the sleeping giant was the ominous, the evil that I felt within our bedroom at that moment. But I realized then that the hair on my arm was already standing up when I woke up up. The sleeping giant wasn't the evil presence. The sleeping giant was me. Just as sure as Gideon was approached by the angel of the Lord and it spoke to him, thou mighty man of valor. And yet Gideon couldn't get his mind around what the angel was saying at first. I didn't realize at first who the sleeping giant really was until a day later. Someone say amen. After the wilderness testing in the wilderness with Jesus Christ found in the harmony of the gospels, the Bible tells us, and please note that not all testing, I say this maybe as a side note, but not all testing takes place or took place in the wilderness. You remember that there was a test. You read the Bible. There was a test that took place in the wilderness. There was a test that took place on a high mountain. And there was a test that took place at the temple. What I mean is this, testing can just as easily take place at the temple as it does in a wilderness place and perhaps even a little bit more so in the temple because you don't expect it to happen there. The Bible says wherefore a man let him that thinketh he stand take heed lest he fall. Nonetheless when the testing the Bible says of the harmonies of the testing of the wilderness the high mountain and the temple whenever the testing was ended the Bible says that the devil departed from Jesus for a season. It does not say that he left for good. It does not say that the enemy took a nap. It does not say that the enemy went asleep. For that matter, as I've surveyed the Bible in my mind, I can't 
cannot remember one passage in scripture that ever talks about the devil sleeping. It never talks about our adversary closing his eyes. It never talks about Satan slumbering. For that matter, we read in the book of Job that yes, he was found, amen, among the, the sons of God when they came together as it were for the meeting for the start of the day. But the Bible describes in Job concerning Satan that he is described as going to and fro in the earth, up and down in the earth because the devil is not one given to slumber. He's not given to sleep. The devil is at Someone say amen. And if what Isaiah says, amen, is correct, that hell hath enlarged herself and opened her mouth without measure, then we're not dealing with a sleeping devil. We're not dealing with an inactive devil. Just because he's departed from you for a season doesn't mean he's lazily laying around altogether. He is an active devil. No wonder Peter said in 1 Peter 5 and verse number 8, he said, be sober and be vigilant. Be cautious, if you will. Be watchful. Be alerted. Be wide awake because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeketh whom he may devour. The word vigilant, amen, vigilant means to be watchful, to refrain from physical sleep, be in a constant state of readiness, even mental alertness, amen. It was in the night of the Passover that the Bible says that it was the death angel that was going to pass by and bring death upon all the firstborn of the households. But the Bible says in the Israelite homes, there was given this admonition to them, speaking of the lamb whose blood was on their entrances to their homes and their households. Exodus 12 and 11, this is the word he says, thus shall ye eat it, the lamb, with your loins girded, your shoes on your feet, and your staff in your hand, and ye shall eat it in haste in the Lord's Passover. What's he saying? He's saying you gotta have your loins girded. You have your shoes on. You have to have your staff in your hand. What's he saying? You gotta be vigilant. You gotta be awake. You gotta be on guard. You gotta be ready. There's no time for sleep back then and there is no time for sleep or slumber now. We must be alert. We must be ready. In that day, destruction was happening on every side. In that day, there were houses that were given over to some woeful death. Amen. But not in this house and not in this watchful group because we are a people that are alert. We are a people that are ready. We are a people that have been wakened up. Someone say amen. In the secular Greek, this same word, vigilant, is translated. It was translated and was used to describe people carefully crossing the river while stepping on slippery stones in so much that if they did not pay strict attention to their steps, they would end up in the water. That same word is derived from that picture story. What are you saying, Pastor McGee? I'm saying this. We must stay awake. Peter did not say, amen, become sober or become vigilant. He said, be sober and be vigilant because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about seeking whom he may devour. He uses a simile in the scripture. Your adversary's as a roaring lion. He uses a simile, a simile of certain aspects of a lion for us to understand our adversary. Lions, and this goes against maybe myths in our own mind, but lions are not fast runners. And due to relatively small hearts and lungs, they don't have the stamina to keep a running pace for long. That is why they stalk their prey and look for just the right opportunity to snatch their victim. They're not going to run. 
because they couldn't run long. They're looking for an opportune time. They're looking for a window of time. They walk about seeking whom they may devour. As a matter of fact, I read of the 1,300 hunts that have been observed in the Serengeti, almost half, 48% of them, involved usually only one lion. And the most successful hunts are on dark nights against a single prey. What are you saying? I'm saying we got to be vigilant. We must stay awake. Someone say amen. Someone say amen. I thought, Sister Sheila, when I heard God say, the sleeping giant has woken up, I thought he was talking about the abyss of hell. I thought he was talking about all those spirits. I thought he was talking about all the evil. But the evil in reality, folks, never quit. The evil never took a nap. The evil never turned over and closed its eyes and slumbered. He was talking about Paul McGee. He was talking about us. He was talking about the church. He's saying the sleeping giant. If I can borrow Napoleon's words, if she ever wakes, she'll be unstoppable force. If she ever comes to her... He's talking about me. Someone say, don't be so hard on yourself, Pastor McGee. No, no, no. I'm telling you the very same thing that the New Testament church succumbed to. Amen. What the Bible said would happen. Paul says to the bride of Christ in 1 Thessalonians 5 and 6, he said, let us not sleep as do others, but let us watch and be sober. He said, and that, knowing the time, that now it is high time to awake out of our sleep. Jesus said concerning the parable of the one who sowed tares among the wheat. Jesus said while men slept the enemy came and sowed tares among a field that was sown with good seed. While men while men slept God said to me the sleeping giant has woken up. Someone say amen. amen. The Bible records in Matthew 25 the parable of the ten virgins. Matthew 25 and 5. While the bridegroom, someone say that's us. Or rather not, not us, that's the Lord, we're the bride. But while the bridegroom tarried, they, that's us. Represented by the ten wise and ten foolish. They all, everybody say all slumbered and slept we want to push off the slumbering and sleeping on the foolish we want to push it off on those who just don't have good enough sense that God gave a goose the Bible says all the ten the five wise and five foolish they all slumbered and slept and if this parable is true to life and if this parable is a prophecy of the day of the second coming of the Lord then it tells me this that all everyone will slumber and sleep to some degree during the time and the season of the coming of the Lord. What are you saying? I'm saying each and every one of us. I don't care how often you speak in tongues. I don't care what your label is. Every single one of us all have the potential according to God's word to slumber and sleep. That's why the warning comes so strong in the 13th verse of Matthew 25. He says, watch therefore. Be alert. Be vigilant. Be aware. In this age, being lulled into a non-responsive state is virtually inescapable according to God's word. And when the hour of departure was upon them in the parable, there was a cry, the Bible says, a cry that was made. And the Bible says that they all arose, the foolish and the wise. Everybody got shook to their senses. They all arose. But the difference is, is that the wise were ready. Even though they had lapsed into a momentary slumber. The wise was ready. 
because they had made well enough preparations for their indifference. But the Bible says, if the righteous scarcely be saved, where shall the ungodly and the sinner appear? If the righteous... If they're given the slumber, if they're given the sleep, if they can be taken by that, then where's the ungodly going to be? I'm calling out today, sleeping giants, wake up! Wake up! Is everybody doing okay? What are you saying? Honey, if in that moment God just said I woke up, then what in the world have I been doing? Has it been patty cake for Jesus? Has it been just effortlessly raising a hand with no meaning? I'm just telling you. Then what in the world has been going on? Have I been lulled to sleep? In Luke 11, both the words strong and stronger come from the same Greek word. In other words, there's no difference in the adjective. It can either be translated as strong or it can be translated as stronger. It can be used for both. The meaning is best determined by the situation or the action. Most, when they read Luke 11, will identify the strong man with Satan in this chapter, and the stronger man with Jesus. There are some that have taken the strong man for the individual who was delivered from the demons and then re-inhabited by them. In this larger setting of Scripture, they label the strong man the individual and the stronger man as Satan. The strong man, the Bible says, is armed and he keepeth his palace. The stronger man comes against the other. He overcomes him. He takes the strong man's armor and spoils him. And it appears that the success, if you would call it that, the success of the strong man is really linked to his armor. Stay with me here for a moment. The NIV says that this strong man is fully armed. Others translated as he is completely armed. He meant he is fully furnished with arms. The word armor in Luke 11 and verse number 22 is a Greek word, pen, uh, not panoply, but panoplia, from which we get our English word panoply. That means a complete or impressive collection of things. That word comes from there. Among the Greeks, this word means it was a complete equipment that was used heavily by armed infantry. Interestingly enough, Paul tells the church at Ephesus in chapter number 6, he says, be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. In other words, Paul's admonished them to be strong in the Lord, but also be strong in the power of his might. And then he says in verse 11 of Ephesians 6, put on the whole armor of God that ye may be able to stand. He tells us how to be strong. Put on the whole armor of God. Now, one of the stronger man's first actions is to take away the armor of the strong man. It's to take away the armor that the strong man trusted in. He's going to strip that man. He's going to rob him of his armor because he is a well-armed, fully furnished arm. Amen, man. Let me read it to you from the New International Version. The Bible says in Luke 11 and verse 21, when a strong man, this is NIV, when a strong man fully armed guards, King James Version says keepeth his own house, King James Version says palace, his possessions are safe. The last thing the stronger man does is divide the spoils because the strong man 
fully armed and guarding his house, the Bible says, his possessions are safe. The stronger man can't get to his possessions until he disarms the strong man. And he can't disarm the strong man until as the other harmony of the gospel say, he binds the strong man Someone say hallelujah. So the formula is quite straightforward. A strong man, fully armed and on guard. Someone say on guard. A strong man, fully armed and on guard. A strong man, fully armed and alert. A strong man, fully armed and awake. A strong man, fully armed and his eyes open equals safe possessions. Listen to me. It's not when you are fully armed that your goods are in peace. It's when you are fully armed and on guard that they are in peace. Someone say amen. Paul told the church again at Ephesus, he says, be strong. Put on the whole armor of God that ye might be able to stand. Have you ever seen anybody fall asleep standing up? Or nod off? Here's the thing. I read the science about it today. You may fall asleep standing up, but you can't stay standing up after falling asleep. Unless you're against the wall. Horses have locks in their knees that they can do that. Cows have it. They have this anatomic feature that they can literally fall asleep standing up and remain standing, but not the human body. If a man or a woman falls asleep standing up, they can't stay standing after falling asleep. We are physically incapable of doing this. For that matter, our brain sends these neurotransmitters to other areas of our body, our muscles mainly, and it designs them to relax the moment that we fall asleep. And our body during different modes of sleep goes through a temporary paralysis so what I'm saying is it's an impossibility if you're a human being to sleep and stand Paul said be strong just like the strong man and put on the armor of God that ye might be able to that's not a sleeping man That's not a closed-eyed man. That's an alert. That is a someone that's aware of their surroundings. Standing people, can I tell you, especially soldiers, as it is in the context of Ephesians 6, they are alert. They are awake. And so I'm saying to my spirit and the spirit of our age that we got to rise the sleeping giants because one thing is for sure from my study, a Roman soldier never took off his belt. He never took off his breastplate he never took off his shoes even during periods of rest or when there were lulls in the battle a soldier always kept those things off so what are you saying I'm saying you can be fully equipped but not on guard I'm saying you can be asleep with the helmet on and the breastplate on and the gospel of peace on and the sword of the spirit in your hand and the shield of faith. But if you're asleep, it's reckless because you're not standing. So if a man seems to be well equipped, there can only be one chink in the armor, so to speak. He's asleep. He's not on guard. He's not keeping. He's not vigilant. Someone say amen. Man, I've preached a lot in just a short time. I'm here to tell you right now. Judges 16. Samson was arguably one of the strongest men known in Scripture. But he is found toward the closure of his life in a prison, grinding meal 
with his eyes stolen. Someone hearing me? And he's being made fun of for what they call sport in the arena of Dagon. Again, arguably, I'd say he is the strongest man. But he's at the mercy of another. It's taken his eyes from him. He's grinding at their mill. And he's being made fun of. And my Bible tells me in Judges 16 that this strongest man, we know at least three times we can couch it like this, that he was bound. The stronger binds, binds, takes armor, spoils goods. Three times Samson is found bound. Once with seven green widths. Once with some new ropes. Once with the weaving of his seven locks of hair in the web. And we learn from that last time that the Bible says, whenever she said that the Philistines are upon you, that he awoke. Shining light on the two previous times that evidently the binding took place as he slept. The whiffs were put upon him as he slept. The ropes were put upon him as he slept. His hair was weaved in the web as he slept. And the last instance, the record of the hair on his head was shaved off. If you will, Samson's armor, the keeping of that vow where his strength lied, was taken while he slept. Somebody hearing me right now? I'm just putting us in two places here. I guarantee you that if Samson could stand before you today, he'd wish that an evil spirit would awaken him in the night and he'd have heard the voice tell him, wake up, the sleeping giant has awoken so that might have stirred the heart of Gideon or of Samson so that he wouldn't allow the binding of the first time, the second time, the third time, the fourth time because when it was all said and done, he's grinding in another meal. His sight is taken from him. His strength is gone from him and there he is being made a mockery by it all because he was a sleeping strong man. He's equipped with the greatest strength known to scripture. He's well armed with the vow that he kept in his hair. How in the world, Samson, did you get bound by these things? Simply. He went asleep. Someone say amen. The last enemy that Israel would face before ever entering into the land of Canaan, the last enemy that they would ever face before entering into the land of promise was a king by the name of Og. Not only that, But the Bible declares that this King Og, which would be the last force that they would fight against before entering Canaan, he was also the last giant. Someone say giant. He was the lost giant that remained of the remnant of the giants in Rephaim. The Bible, though, whenever it describes Og to us, it does not describe the size of his army. It does not describe his grand military exploits. No, it describes the size and the material of his In Deuteronomy 3 and verse 11, this is what the scripture says. For only Og, king of Bashan, remained of the remnant of giants. Behold, his bedstead was a bedstead of iron. It, is it not in Rabbath of the children of Ammon? Nine cubits was the length thereof, and four cubits the breadth of it, after the cubit of a man. Now listen, folks. 
If the Bible wanted us to know the size of this giant, it could have easily told us the height of this giant, just as it told us the height of the giant Goliath in 1 Samuel 17, who the Bible says plainly, whose height was six cubits in a span. If he wanted us to know the height, he could have plainly come forth and just told us the height. But rather than telling us his height, it described the material of his bed along with the length and the width of his bed according to the cubit of a man the bible says that its length was nine cubits that equates to 13 and a half feet long its width was the bible says four cubits the cubit of a man that is six feet wide some places whenever you look up the meaning of the word aug it means round let me tell you that's a king-sized bed that can hold a man. That's 13 and a half feet long and six feet wide. It doesn't tell us his height, but it just tells us about his bed. It doesn't tell us how wide he was. It just tells us about he has a bed of iron. Perhaps because the last thing that the children of Israel would conquer before they went over into the land of Canaan would be a sleeping giant. They fought a real person. We fight a facet. We fight a mode, a tendency of a sleeping giant in ourselves. I tell this congregation, as God told me, the sleeping giant has woken up. And the sleeping giant is us. So I'm asking us tonight, as the church of the living God, we got to be able to fight the good fight of faith. Fully armed and fully awake. So that our goods will be in safety. So our goods will be in peace. I know, according to Luke, that it is the stronger man that's binding and taking and spoiling. For that matter, I read through the chapters of New Testament Scripture concerning Satan and his antics. The Bible tells me in Mark chapter number 9 that Satan bound a boy in Mark 9 insomuch that it left him dumb and deaf. He could not speak and he could not hear. The Bible tells us in Mark chapter number 5 that Jesus arrived upon the land of the Gadarenes and there was a man there that was bound so much by Satan that he was not in his right mind. And so I understand from God's word that he wishes, and listen to me tonight folks, he listened, he wishes to leave the church. He wishes to leave you and I mentally deranged unable to hear and without power to speak what are you saying? Because the Bible says uh, amen, there is life and death in the power of the tongue. There is power in what we say. He doesn't want us to hear. He doesn't want us to hear the Spirit speaking. He doesn't want us to hear the word of the Lord. And he wants us to be so messed up in our mind. We can't tell top from bottom, good from evil, or evil from the stronger man. He wants to bind. Someone say Amen. And the strong man, hallelujah, is completely armed and he is keeping, he is guarding. And there's nothing wrong with that at all. That's fine and good. But can I tell the church tonight, amen, and I say this with the spirit of the Holy Ghost, that we've been on defense too long. It's trying to switch to on offense because it's hard to sleep when you're the one that's binding and you're the one that's taking and you're the one that's... We've been on defense too long. We got our good armor on and we're just watching and we're guarding and sometimes we fell asleep in the process but I'm saying let's switch the plan. Let's go on offense. Let's bind some things. Let's take some things. Let's spoil some principalities and powers and rulers of darkness in high places. Stand with me, stand with me. 
And Jesus said, and I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. He says in Corinthians, for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but mighty through God, to the pulling down of strongholds, casting down imaginations, and every high thing that exalteth itself against the knowledge of God, and bringing into captivity every thought to the obedience of Christ. What are you seeing? I'm seeing binding. I'm seeing loosing. I'm seeing all these verbs. I'm seeing pulling. I'm seeing casting. I'm seeing bringing. What is that? That's an alert man. That's an awake. God's church is an unstoppable church. When she's not only armed, but when she's awake and armed. You see, Brother McGee, you've ate too much pizza late at night. No, 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 no. No, sir. I called Bishop just to see if he just happened to be. Yeah. Brother Mason doesn't know the day that him and his wife, my wife, was talking last night. Somewhere in the early morning hour here in the past few weeks, God woke him up. Same scenario last week. Same thing. What's going on? The sleeping giant has woken up. Well, I'm telling you, it's not it woke up. My hair was standing before I ever opened my eyes given testament it was already doing before I was coherent Brother Malone there's no grass growing under his feet there's no vacation days he's not taking weekends off he may have departed for a season but that's not because he's lazy altogether he's still he's still work Oh, hallelujah. Can we bow our heads all across this place? Bow our heads all across this place. We're called soldiers in Scripture. We're called warriors. So many times there is this military, there is this military analogy that is brought to the church and to the children of God because we're to be alert. We're to be fighters. And I really don't mean to disappoint anybody, but there's always going to be a fight on your hands. There's always going to be a fight on your hands. For some reason, three pastors and pastors wise, God laid me and my wife on their hearts in the city of Mount Carmel to pray for us for purpose and reason. Why? I don't know. But I know this. The sleeping giant has woken up. Hola, mama, calle, amokosaye. Hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah. The Bible speaks of all those pieces of armor that be put on in Ephesians 6. And then it talks about us praying always. In Luke chapter number 11, in couched with the casting out of the demon and the strong man and the stronger man. You know how the chapter talks begins? It begins with the model prayer of the Lord. We need an awakened giant. Don't be put off by the fact that at times we sleep. That is determined and even dictated by God's word. It's not for an excuse. It's just for understanding. What you need to grasp a hold of is God says that's a giant. That's a strong man. That's a stronger man. And when they're awake, when they're awake, they're a force to be reckoned with. Folks, had I continued sleeping, whatever was happening would have happened on through the night. I'd had been none the wiser. But because I woke up, you know what that did for me? I didn't just turn over and go back to bed, I guarantee you. That caused me to come to a greater alertness. And it caused a fight to rise in my spirit. Because God's giants that are awake can't settle for just taking a back seat to the ploy of the enemy and watch him do his dastardly deed. No, 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 no. They're going to bind 
These altars are open. Someone might need to pray tonight. Someone might need to go to the Lord tonight and say, God, Lord, quicken my awareness to the things about me. Quicken my awareness, God, not just to the times and not just to the tangible, Lord, of flesh and blood, God, that is being displayed in the earth. But, God, Lord, increase, Lord Jesus, increase my sensitivity to the war that the visible eye cannot see, but the spirit can feel. Alamokoshaya, sleeping giant, has woken up. The sleeping giant. Upon this rock, I'll build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Shall not prevail. I'm telling you tonight, folks, I've had three families within just the past few months that have contacted us or Brother Mason when we were gone. It's said things going on in their home, activity taking place, just weird stuff. We've prayed in homes. We've prayed over homes. We've prayed with families just in the past few weeks. What are you saying? we got to wake up the sleeping giants. we got to wake up the sleeping giants. Because the devil neither sleeps nor slumber. But I got good news. The psalmist said that he that watches over Israel also never slumbers or sleep. Our God doesn't close or bat an eye. Let's be mindful of the Lord as we pray across this place today. Hallelujah. Breath of life, heal me, wake my soul from sleep, and give me back the joy of when I first believed. Heal me. the
Hallelujah. I love you, Jesus. I love you, Jesus. Hallelujah. We bow our heads. I'm going to pray tonight. Amen. Before we're dismissed here this evening, pray that God would seal these things in our hearts and souls and that as sleeping giants that we would be awakened. I pray, oh God, today, Lord, I thank you, Lord, for your spirit. I thank you, Lord, God, for your word, God, that changes not, that alters not. I pray, oh Lord, today, God, seal these things in our hearts and minds. Pray, oh God, help us to ponder upon them. Help us, Lord God, to be a soldier. God, I pray, oh Lord, a soldier that is strong, that is fully armed, that is standing. God, that's alert. God, that's awake. God, that's attentive, Lord God, to his times, that's attentive to his surroundings and his circumstances. I pray, oh God, today help us, God, not sleep in this hour of slumber. God, if we have, Lord, let there be a cry that's made that will waken us all and help us, Lord, to be fully equipped. I pray, oh Lord, God, for our times, God, for the unveiling of moments, Lord, in histories. I pray, oh God, that will come to bear upon this time and the age, Lord, of the church. I pray, Master, today, God, we want to go forth, Lord Jesus. God, go forth pining and go forth taking and go forth spoiling. I pray, God, through the power of your spirit, God, no gate of hell, God, shall prevail the church of the living God. Lord, we have great confidence in you and your word. In the lovely name of the Lord Jesus Christ that I pray, amen and amen. And the church say amen. Hallelujah. Come back Sunday. Amen. Be in service. Pray for the different ones that are traveling. Thank you for listening. If you would like more information about our services and activities, you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter with the username FACMC. Again, that's FACMC. Thank you, and have a blessed day.